0: Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest on this week's program is Sarah Heilbronner, a graduate student at Duke's Center for Cognitive Neuroscience. So today, I want to talk about the fact that you are trying to get monkeys to like gambling. Is this, is this moral thing to do?
1: That's not exactly what we're trying to do. Um, we're looking at uh, what the natural behaviors of some of our closest primate relatives are. So in this case, I wasn't looking at monkeys, I was looking at chimpanzees and bonobos, and those are really our closest primate relatives. They, they we diverged um, just, you know, five to six million years ago from them. So that means that- what,
0: what, what do you mean we diverged from them?
1: That means that five to six million years ago, there weren't humans and chimpanzees and bonobos. And I'll get to what a bonobo is. For now, just think of it as a version of a chimpanzee. Um, Five to six million years ago, we were all the same species. And only during that intervening time period did we become um, different species.
0: Okay, so we have three species, humans, chimpanzee, and bonobos. And now, why are you trying to get them to gamble? (laughs)
1: Again, not trying to get them to gamble. So I did a very particular task with the chimpanzees and bonobos to try to understand uh, the origins of gambling in general. Um, So the task that I did with them has a very intuitive human form. So I'll sort of explain that first. Um, And that's, if I gave you a choice between what's behind door number one and what's behind door number two, because somehow you wound up on my game show, And I told you that behind, I gave you some clues. It's not just, you know, it's not completely uncertain. What's behind door number one is $40, definitely. Um, but behind door number two, it's a little riskier. There's a 50% chance that there's $10, and there's a 50% chance that there's $70. Now, the values of those two doors are, are the same, right? Because 10 plus 70 divided by two is 40, and that's the value of, debi- of what's behind door number one.
0: The, the expected value, mean, is the same?
1: The expected value is the same. So if I gave you that choice, because you're a human, odds are that you're going to choose door number one. You're going to play it safe. Now, some people might have the opposite intuition. Maybe those people really like to go to Vegas, uh, but most people are going to be choosing what's behind door number one.
0: So, so most people are risk averse. They don't want to take risk. If you give them a sure thing with the same expected value, they prefer the sure thing over the, the gamble.
1: Yes, that's exactly right and uh, that's been a lot of research uh, coming out of of behavioral economics and psychology of decision-making over the past few decades and it's, it's a very interesting field but what I was doing was trying to examine the origins, the evolutionary origins of those types of preferences. So I wasn't working with humans But I was working with some species not so distant from humans and that's chimpanzees and bonobos. So now I should pause and describe what a bonobo is because maybe that's um, not familiar to everyone. A bonobo is sometimes called a pygmy chimpanzee. Uh, They're sort of a uh, they're, they're a close relative of the chimpanzee, and they're really famous for, um, actually for their weird social behavior. So they're the make-love-not-war ape, um, and they're, they're much less aggressive than chimpanzees. Uh, they're very interesting to watch, uh, and, and, and quite a, a fascinating but, but very endangered species.
0: So these are like the hippies of the, of the monkey kingdom?
1: That's exactly what some people call them, yeah. So instead of aggressing, they, they, they make love, not war.
0: And, and the chimps are aggressive? I never knew that.
1: Chimpanzees are extremely aggressive. They've been known to kill each other. They've been known to kill, to kill their babies. They're, you know, they're, they're sometimes infanticidal. They'll, uh, groups of chimpanzees will travel out um, and, and search their terrain to make sure that other groups of chimpanzees are not encroaching. And if they happen to hit on each other at the, at the borders of their territories, um, there can be lethal fights.
0: So, so I can see why they are uh, related to us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of um, debate as to which which one of these we're more related to. Um, some people look at chimpanzees and see the aggression that causes humans to uh, to wage war and things like that. And other people look at bonobos and see that they have alternative strategies for coping with their anger, <laughs> just as we have with language, so.
0: Okay. so. Okay, so you took those um, two types of um, monkeys, it's okay to call apes, apes. sorry, I'm not trying to be politically (laughs) incorrect, Um, those two types of apes, and um, you gave them the same choice between how much money they want to make?
1: Yeah, they don't have money, which is unfortunate, because then we have to search around for what they do like. Luckily, for these chimps and bonobos, which they were were at a zoo in Leipzig, Germany, um, they really like... So
0: these are German apes.
1: Well, yeah, but th- you know that's <laughs> they um they they've they've actually they sort of came from all around the world to to this particular zoo, but um, are
0: they are they more organized and meticulous and clean?
1: <laughs> I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> um, right, so they uh, they happen to like grapes, um, and you know you could you could give a chimp uh, a bunch of grapes, and he would just be happy as a clam. Um,
0: happy as a clam for a chimp that's interesting
1: <laughs> mixing my animal metaphors i guess um right so i gave them a choice between instead of oh chimps also don't open doors that often although some i guess could probably be trained to do it but that's not what i was going to do i was going to do a much simpler version so instead of what's behind door number one i said ask them what's underneath i asked them whether they liked what was underneath cup number one and underneath cup number one was always four grapes so if they picked cup number one they could get four grapes from me they could eat them they could be happy behind cup number two 50% of the time I placed one grape and 50% of the time I placed seven grapes so this is kind of like the money problem that, that I described earlier
0: okay so the the two the two types of apes were facing a choice between four grapes for sure if they pick cup number one or if they pick cum, cup number two it could be either one grape or seven grapes and how do they tell you which one they want
1: uh, it's actually very interesting. They they, they know this v- type of thing very well. They do choice tasks for various experiments all the time. And so in this case, they slid uh, a plastic divider so that they actually exposed one of the cubs, um, and so that I could then, you know, reach reach forward with the grapes and give them give them food. Uh, you don't have direct contact with the chimps and bonobos because they're they're very very strong. So they you sort of feed them through um, through hand holes.
0: Um. Okay, because otherwise they could just grab. Your hand, or take both cups. Grab my
1: hand, my hair, myself, my, the cups, everything. <laughs> so this uh, sliding the plastic divider, they they know that they can only slide it in one direction, and then that's their choice, and the other one gets other option is removed.
0: Okay, so they indicate their choice, then you slide the right amount of grapes into the cage. And yeah. what did you find?
1: I found that uh, bonobos were a lot like you would expect humans to be. So they liked what was behind cup number one, just like we liked what was behind door number one. That is, they liked the four grapes for sure. They liked the safe bet.
0: Okay, no no risk for the bonobos.
1: No risk, they really, really dislike it. They only choose uh, the risky option between 25 and, and 30% of the time.
0: Okay, so these are the, the kind of apes that would buy insurance if they, we gave them the option to do so.
1: Insurance against everything that they could possibly get, flood insurance, home insurance, health insurance, you know, they load them up, they're ready.
0: <laughs> okay, and what about the chimps?
1: So the chimpanzees, um, were opposite. (laughs) Very interesting. They uh, preferred what's behind door number two. They preferred the risky option. You can kind of think of them as little gamblers. They had to do many, many trials of these in a row. So it was kind of like watching them pull a slot machine over and over again, Um, although with cups instead of slot machines.
0: So they they are like the people who go to Las Vegas. They really, really enjoy gambling. They want the risk. Do, Do you see them getting disappointed when they see the one grape?
1: they're so used to it that it's sort of hard to tell, and you don't want to anthropomorphize, but especially at the beginning when they were first learning all of the options, you could, you could sort of see uh, them do a little double take back to the other option, oh, I should have chosen that one.
0: Okay, and so, so the chimps are risk-seeking, and what, what do you make of it? Why, why, why are they so different?
1: Well, I think it's actually a very important question to think about and was the original reason for for doing this experiment. Chimpanzees and bonobos diverged just over a million years ago. So just like I said earlier, um, so these two species, um, they were the same just over a million years ago. So that's only a million years to develop this completely different strategy for dealing with such a basic thing as risk. Um, But when we went back and looked at their um, natural foraging environments, the strategies actually made sense. So these were zoo chimps and they had never been in the wild, but if they had been in the wild, um, they would have been dealing with very different um, foraging situations. Foraging meaning, how did they get their food? How did they find food and eat it? And how did they allocate, how did they decide where to spend their time?
0: So, so what do the chimps usually encounter?
1: Chimps uh, use, spend a lot of their time foraging for fruit. Uh, both chimps and bonobos forage for fruit, but chimps spend more of their time doing that, and the fruit tends to be very patchy, uh, so they have to, uh, so it's sort of, it's inconsistent over space and over their time. So the decision about whether to leave a tree that's starting to not pay off, and try to find another tree that they can't immediately see is a risky one. It might pay off, it might not. Um, Bonobos.
0: So so the chimps have a kind of a harsh, Harsh reality and life is not that good for them. Where, where do they usually live?
1: Uh, they live in in various places um, in Africa. They they don't overlap with um, with bonobos. Uh, they they live, for example, in, in Congo, um, in Uganda, in. Um, I, I, and right now they're they're very much restricted to to some of the the national forests and preserves that have been created there. But, um.
0: Okay, so they had a hard life, difficulty to find food, and as a consequence, you're saying that they are uh, they have a very different strategy with with risk. And what about the bonobo? What what kind of environment? or they used to?
1: The bonobos also feed on fruit, um, but they have another more major source of food that I'll talk about first, and that's, um, it's sort of ground vegetation. It's like feeding on, on, on bushes and leaves and things like that. And that kind of just carpets the ground where they are. And so, for a bonobo to find their one of their major food sources, all they sort of have to do is, is glance around. And maybe maybe they have to reach a little bit farther, but that's very different than a chimpanzee trying to decide whether to travel a really long way from one fruit tree to the other.
0: Okay. So so why does this make the risk attitude so different?
1: So the 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 thought is that they are just dealing with less risk in their environment. So their natural environment is less risky. Um, and they don't have to—they don't have to take risks in order to survive. Um, chimpanzees do, and they take risks in other areas outside of. Um the, the outside of foraging for fruit, for example, um, chimpanzees are, are famously hunters. They go out in big packs and they hunt for colobus monkeys. Um, and to me, that's a, a huge risk because uh, there's a lot of time involved. It's possible that the colobus monkeys could actually um, attack the chimpanzees and 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 really injure really injure them. Um, and it's possible that they they won't find any colobus monkeys, and they'll just have wasted all of their time uh, hunting. Whereas, but if they if they catch a colobus monkey, then that's really really the meat is very rich in calories. So that's sort of like a big payoff and a and a small payoff, as opposed to the strategy of just sitting around and and eating um, eating what's on the ground in front of you.
0: So so can't you imagine the opposite to saying that the for the chimps, their environment is such that taking a uh, risk is actually very difficult. So they should be less, less likely to take risks because if they move to another option, uh, it might not bear um, anything good. But the bonobos, for them, any risk they take is, is good because they can move anywhere and they will be still be happy.
1: Well, obviously the, 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 these risks are well calculated, so um, the risks have, have paid off in some ways for the chimpanzees, but I think of it more as what they have to do in order to survive. They don't live in the same environments. The chimpanzees don't have access to the types of consistent um, fruit and vegetable patches that bonobos do, so it's about what they, what they think they must have to do um, in, order, in order to make it to the next day.
0: So, so is the argument that uh, evolution over the past million years have trained the, the chimps to be gamblers because it would be a better suitability for their environment and for the bonobos, it says no risk is needed?
1: That's exactly what the argument is. Um, and I think it, it takes something to push an animal toward this strong risk-seeking behavior as opposed to indifference or aversion, which is very safe in most environments.
0: But, but you're also saying that these particular monkeys that you tested uh, never uh, lived in the wild. So uh, their own environment didn't teach them anything, that it's somehow in their evolutionary path to be risk-seeking or risk-averse, despite the fact that they have very, very similar environment right now.
1: So these captive chimpanzees and bonobos are a good test of these types of evolutionary hypotheses because they have very similar experiences. So you can sort of um, cross out a lot of the, the the experiences category, or, or or maybe the nurture category, if you want to get into that old debate. Um, so it, the what we conclude, um, or or what we think is probably true, is that. Uh, these uh, these strategies are sort of hardwired from a time when they were much more useful in their in their natural environments, uh, and this this isn't something that's easy for chimpanzees and bonobos to break out of just because they've been in genera- in captivity in identical conditions for a generation or two. Um, and I think that that has relevance for thinking about human decision making because we think about ourselves as being such rational actors and being able to adapt very quickly to changes that are maybe only
0: i I am i am for sure
1: well obviously (laughs) you're the one rational actor among the rest of
0: that's right that's what i keep on telling my wife all the time
1: (laughs) but i think that the truth is that uh we have to acknowledge that we evolved in a different environment than what we're dealing with now, and um, even if, a, a, and that environment, you know, changed over the course of our evolutionary history, so we could be carrying with us the types of strategies that were useful in the past, but maybe look irrational now.
0: So, so the, good, uh, the good news here is that in a million years, you think things will go back uh, to being rational, that we will adapt. In a million years, not too bad.
1: Um, it would be nice, except that I think in a million years uh, we will be living in a very different environment than we are now. So some of—and I'm not saying for all of these things—we're certainly not, ro- sl- you know, robots who are slaves to, to evolution. But uh, in some in some cases, in a million years, we'll have some of the strategies that were actually extremely useful today.
0: Okay, so I guess you don't want to be this optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thank you very much. This is uh, great. I'm looking forward to our next discussion. Well, thank you. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, Professor of Behavioral Economics at Duke University. Learn more at research.duke.edu.